This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 167. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, who's 160 pounds of pure hustle, Pat Flynn. Now, as you know, I've been in the podcasting space for quite a long time now, and I've had a lot of success with the multiple shows and and episodes and even the courses I've created. Part of my success is due to how particular I've been in the tools that I use. And one of my favorite tools is Buzzsprout. For those of you who are not familiar with Buzzsprout, you need to be because if you have a podcast or you're looking to start one, Buzzsprout is by far the easiest way to start podcasting and they're making it even easier. This is a podcast host and it allows you to get listed on all the top directories, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. I use it myself. They've provided advanced stats for us now so that you can track your podcast downloads and understand exactly what things are happening with your show, which is really key, right? Just there's not a lot of data that uh, a lot of tools give us access to and Buzzsprout is some of the best. They'll even help you build a website for your podcast so your audience can easily find you online and listen to all the episodes right from your site too, even if you don't have a website. On the technical side, this is one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. Through the host, Buzzsprout, you can automatically optimize your audio through their newest feature, Magic Mastering. So Magic Mastering is like an Instagram filter, but for your audio. And it takes the audio you have and just automatically masters it to match the Apple Podcast authoring best practices. It's totally awesome. Just, I love them because not only is it just a super easy tool to use, but I know the team there. They are the sponsor of this episode. And I wanted to make sure you got to know who they are because they're they're a great tool. And if you're just starting out with Buzzsprout, you can actually get a special deal. Their plans start at $12 a month. Buzzsprout is a wonderful partner of mine and, you know, you can actually get 33% more time on your plan, whichever plan you choose, just through this link alone. And that's smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. And that's a huge deal, 33% extra time on your plan just by going through that link. You can claim that again by going to smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. Check them out, they're awesome. What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and thank you so much for joining me today. That song cannot get out of my head. That is See You Again by Wiz Khalifa and a tribute to Paul Walker from Fast and the Furious who uh, passed away not too long ago. But anyway, just I'm so thankful that you're here today because we have an amazing show featuring the one and only Shalene Johnson from the Build Your Tribe podcast, from the Shalene Show, and a whole bunch of other things. You might actually know her as the fitness guru, somebody who is in a lot of DVDs that have come out, millions and millions of copies up there with uh, Tony... Horton and Sean T from Insanity. And, you know, I was actually quite surprised that she reached out to me not too long ago and invited me on her podcast because she's made some big shifts in her life since doing the fitness thing and moving on to more of the business and entrepreneurship, life-changing type stuff. And she has a lot to say in this episode about that shift and kind of how things were going and then some bad things that happened and she had to get therapy and, and all this incredible stuff that she was very open with and honest. And that's partly why I love her so much. But I also love her because she is just a fun, beatboxing, dancing, amazing, heartfelt person. And uh, when I got invited to her event, the Success Summit, which was in Anaheim not too long ago, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know her tribe very well. And again, I had been on her podcast and I had such a great time. I was more than happy to come and do one of my presentations. And oh my gosh, it was the craziest, coolest, most fun crowd I've ever spoken in front of. I've never seen people who were such raving fans of a single person all in one spot outside of a concert or anything like that. And man, she has some amazing fans and she calls them lifers. And you'll hear us talk about lifers and what she's done to build this amazing fan base. I mean, I I know I have amazing fans. Uh, you guys are, are incredible, but Man, it's just the the fans that Shalene has are just on a whole nother level. I mean, it's just insane. And anyway, you're going to hear us talk about it in this particular episode. I'm just so thrilled that she's here. So without further rambling, this is Shalene Johnson from the Build Your Tribe podcast, The Shalene Show. You can look those up in iTunes and also shalenejohnson.com. 
What's up, SPI? Pat here with Shalene Johnson, one of the most incredible people I've I've met in the last year or two. Uh, Shalene, welcome to the SPI podcast. What's up? I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. So you had me speak at your recent event, Success Summit, and I had such an amazing time. Not only were you and your team just incredibly hospitable, very, very just great with keeping me in check with what was going on, but your audience, oh my gosh. It, right? was the, it was the best audience I've ever spoken in front of. So thank you and thank, thank your tribe and just thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I really love my lifers. They, uh, they are people who I would hang out with. So I'm glad you said that. And we'll get into your lifers, which uh, some of you might be like, well, what are lifers? Well, they are Shalene's raving fans. That's what she calls them. Mm -hmm. And they call themselves that too, which is really cool. So we're going to talk about how she's built that tribe. And I also want to talk about work-life balance too, which I know you're, you are very, very passionate about. But let's yeah. get into, for, for those of you who don't know who Shalene is, Shalene, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of how you got to where you're at today? For sure. And thank you for this opportunity, Pat. I've been listening for a long time and sending my clients, my customers to to listen to Smart Passive Income and the, the stories you feature on the show are so inspirational because I think they're a lot like ours, you mm -hmm. know, just people who are really passionate about helping other people. And so if I were to, you know, tell you the quick story, it is that I am an entrepreneur at heart. I I and probably best known from, from doing fitness infomercials. And, mm -hmm. and I've done, um, I don't know, we've done millions and millions of DVD sales of exercise videos, but it's never what I set out to do. I uh, studied justice, morality, and constitutional democracy in, <laughs> in, in college, I know, right? Okay. <laughs> and uh, I, I put myself through school at Michigan State by flipping cars. So I would buy a car from the state of Michigan uh, really cheap. And then I would just basically buff it out and have it painted, clean it up, clean the engine, and then sell it to a private owner. Wow. And So you're uh, like the original pit my ride. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but you know, you know, I'm like five, two and blonde. And uh, a lot of these transactions were like in not very nice areas of Detroit. And I did this on my own. So I was like a 17 and 18 year old girl with like a purse full of cash going to buy vehicles in sketchy parts of town. And I thought, or I was waiting for someone to come to my house so I could, you know, show them my vehicle and then they wouldn't show or they would show up and they were kind of sketchy. And yeah, it was that, like, and that, just, that just sounds sketchy overall. Right? Yeah. But, what, you know, when you're young, you don't know. But I did sense that there was something probably not that safe about it. If nothing else, it was inconvenient. So I started to, my first business was uh, I provided a place where anyone who was selling their own used vehicle and anyone who was in the market to buy a used vehicle, not from a dealer, but from a private owner, we would all meet on a Saturday at a location I rented from the state and I called it the All Michigan Auto Swap Meet. And then I would take a percentage of the sale of the vehicle. And um, I was solving my own problem. You know, mm. it, it was like, I, this was great for me. I could sell a vehicle in like an hour. And and look at all these other people. I could help them because they were in the same boat. And, and, you know, it wasn't like a huge business. It was enough to help me get through college and pay my bills. And then I went was thinking I was going to law school. And I was studying to be a paralegal. And teaching fitness classes because I loved it. Mm -hmm. It just gave me joy. I mean, we both share that in common that fitness just makes me patient. It makes me happy. It makes me balanced. And so I love teaching these fitness classes, but it seemed like it seemed like a losing proposition because there was so much time spent creating these workouts and they don't pay much. And and so again, I thought, well, I'll, I'll solve this problem for people who love teaching fitness classes, and I'll develop a kind of um, paint by number workout that instructors could just buy this program and they would know then what to teach to their students, including the music. And that really took off mm. to the point where I decided, okay, I'm not going to go to law school. This is huge. And at one point we had, I don't know, almost a hundred thousand instructors around the globe and 30 different countries. And, and, uh, I turned it into a certification for instructors, which developed into five different formats and an apparel, fitness apparel company and uh, just a, a culture. And, and, and I was doing, then I started doing these motivational camps around it called Camp Do More. And, and we had 70 area promotion directors. Those were the people who were in, you know, a couple in each state who would book the events and pack the events. And, 
and it was huge and it was successful and it was very stressful. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, for those of you listening, I mean, you probably don't know how big Shalene Johnson is. I mean, she is huge. I mean, she sold millions of DVDs. She's up there with the likes of Sean T. Sean T, who I've been, you know, I, I, I've gotten to know him very well through uh, Insanity and, and mm-hmm. Tony Horton, all the Beachbody people, um, Hip Hop Hustle, Turbo Kick, Turbo Fire, Pio, all these other incredibly successful fitness programs. I mean, that's that's what you were well known for. But now you sort of walked, not walked away, but you're, you, you've switched gears. Yeah, that's for sure. And ha- like, t- tell me about kind of the, the reason for switching. Probably like most entrepreneurs, I just always thought everything I could do myself would save us money, you know, and we were a shoestring operation. We never took out any loans. It was my husband and I doing it ourselves. And and really a, a lot of it in the early days, I was trying to do everything myself and, you know, give him as little and everyone else as little as possible because the honest truth is, you know, I think sometimes we like to say, well, I was a control freak or I thought I was saving us money. But for, in order for me to be honest and to change, I had to really take an honest look at why I wasn't letting go of things. And I can say today that the reason why I didn't let go of things is because I wanted the credit. Wow. Yeah. If someone would say, wow, that was a really great, whatever, design for that T-shirt. If that wasn't something I designed, then I would feel inadequate. I needed to get all the credit. I wanted everyone to say, no way, you did that too. And it was at a cost, you know? And, and so, so then what happened is we, we have this company that's growing through word of mouth by serving fitness instructors and, and uh, building this um just popularity through word of mouth for Turbo Kick at the time and, and Pio and Hip Hop Hustle, but really Turbo Kick. And it was about the same year that, um, do you remember Windsor Pilates? Yeah, I do actually. Okay, so Windsor Pilates and Tybo were really big that year. And so all the infomercial companies were kind of like on the hunt for the next big group fitness program. And I'd collected over the years this book of people's um, weight loss, their photos and their stories. And they weren't my students. They were like other instructor students, but I was proud of their results and that they were doing it for years. So I would save these photos and emails and, and that book became legendary. So we, we started getting <laughs> calls from like everybody who wanted us to do an infomercial with them. We did sign with Beachbody and uh, they were, uh, you know, the new guy on the block at the time, but there was something about uh, about the fact that they didn't want to change a thing. They're like, we get it. We get you. We're not going to try to make this anything that it's not. Uh, we like the sound effects. We like your edge. We like that it doesn't make sense. You know, they liked all of that. Mm-hmm. And so we did our first couple of infomercials with them. And now, now I was answering to consumers and all of the, you know, huge number of moving parts at a big corporation that's doing infomercials. And I'm running an apparel company and I'm overseeing 70 area promotions directors. And I'm, oh. I personally am in starring in and creating every one of these exercise programs and I'm cutting the music and I'm licensing the music and I almost killed myself. And, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot. you had books too that you were writing at the time as well, right? Uh, no, not, not yet. Um, oh, that comes later. Yeah, it came later. Uh, that was part of the revelation, but you know, it was, um, It was too much. I always knew it was, but I was doing a lot of this from home. So I could always justify, well, see, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Like, you know, I'm running my business from home. Isn't this great? But I really was never present and I couldn't relax. And the truth is I was really resentful if I saw anyone else relaxing or sitting still. Talk more about that. What what do you mean by that? Like I was probably awful to be married to because if I saw my husband like sit down on the couch and doze off, like I could feel anger bubbling up inside of me. Like, you know, I, I can't rest. So why does anyone else get to rest? But the the honesty in the situation was I couldn't rest because I wouldn't allow myself to. It was, it was my own prison. And so I just, I kept, I, I felt sorry for myself, which is so weird. I felt sorry for myself. Like all of this is on my shoulders. It's all on me. Yet when anyone would try to help me, I'd be like, oh, no, no, I, I got it. I got it. I can do that. No, I got that. I'll take care of that too. Mm-hmm. And so everyone just kind of let me keep doing that um, because I would force people to let me do everything. And then uh, one day, 
I mean, there were a lot of signs. I don't want to say it was like one big day. There were lots of signs. There were lots of um, red flags that this wasn't going to go well. I couldn't keep this up. Mm-hmm. You know, not just my, not just the way I felt, but other signs. And, um, you know, a lot of them. But then it really took the one, and I think people are always waiting for like that big sign to make a change in their life, like a car accident or, a, you know, a serious illness in the family. And, and those things were happening, but that wasn't the sign I needed. My husband just one day was walking out the door and he was in a really bad mood. And I, I said, what's wrong? What's, why are you in a bad mood? What's wrong? What's wrong? And he just looked at me and he goes, this will never end, will it? And I'm like, what? What will never end? Of course it will. When, honey, when this is, this project is done, well, then, then da, da, da. And, and he just, I could tell there's a look in his eyes. And he just said, I'm, I'm not happy with this. I'm like, you're not happy with us? And I was like, what, what are you saying? You know, and I, it was the first time in my whole life I just felt my stomach drop. Mm-hmm. And it was a shock because my husband is, he's just always the guy who's like, yeah, hey, whatever. You know, if that's good for you, that's good for me, honey. You know, like it never, I never heard those words. And I was, I mean, it was like someone had told me um, my life was over. Like it, I really felt the bottom drop out. Just the look in his eyes was something that scared me to the core. And, and I'm like, but I'm not happy and you're not happy. Why are we doing this? And let's end it. Like, let's, let's sell everything and let's just go live in a cardboard box because, dude, I don't need to do this. And the funny thing is, because we, we were in business together, but we really, and we talked all the time, but we didn't really talk about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd never told me. You know, I saw that he was like in a bad mood and he would see I was in a bad mood, right? And if I saw that he was kind of like on eggshells, I, I could figure out that if I could come up with a, like a quick fix, like we could run a sale or I could book another event that he would kind of get in a better mood. So I always thought, oh, okay. So if I'm, if I can find more ways to earn income, that keeps him happy. And he thought, well, she's happiest when she's doing lots of things. You know, so it was just, we never really talked about what we wanted, what we wanted to feel, what we wanted for each other, like what really makes us happy. We never had that conversation. Yeah. Until it finally came out. And, yeah. and, and, and so what would you recommend? I think a lot of people can relate to that kind of just chugging along, not really focusing on, on why even sometimes, uh, what, what would you recommend for people to kind of potentially avoid that situation? Hopefully before they get to that burnout yeah. period. First of all, you, I can't prescribe priorities to anyone other than those who um, are ready to just really look at what's important to you. And, and mm-hmm. for me, it was uh, my family. Nothing matters more than my family, not money or toys or I, you know, notoriety, none of that. And that's the truth. And I really was willing to go live in a cardboard box as, as long as I had my husband and my children with me. And, and so I think that people have to stop just going after goals because it seems like a great goal to chase after. And, and instead of setting goals based on what I would like to have or what I, what I would like to accomplish, I ask people to sit down and say, what do you want to feel? What, what do you want to wake up a year from now? If I had a magic wand and I could change everything that wasn't working, everything that caused you stress, everything that upsets you, everything you're doing that you don't like doing, what would you expect to wake up and feel? And that's what we started with. And I, I didn't want to feel responsible anymore. I didn't want to feel tired. I didn't want to feel distracted. I wanted to feel one word. I wanted to feel peace. Mm. And we both did. And Pat, I have to tell you, it was a, you know, it felt like a desperate moment for me and for Brett, but I, I knew like there was no other option. And, and the worst case scenario is we're, we're, we, you know, live on the streets, but who cares? We're together. Like, but we have to get out from under this. And then we set out to create a plan to reverse engineer what we had done. Basically, we, I had to start, we, we set out and we sat down and put together a plan to figure out how to get ourselves out of a business that at that point completely was dependent upon me. So we had to figure out how do we transition our customers so that they will accept and love seeing other people in the videos and how do we train somebody else to do the music and, and, and how, how do I not be the brand? I think that's a big struggle that a lot of us go through. I mean, even with Smart Passive Income, a lot of people know that, although it's called Smart Passive Income, it's Pat Flynn's website, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, I know that I'm dedicated to this website, although sometimes we get into this mode where we feel like we have to just keep going and keep 
producing and, and this sort of thing. And we often forget sometimes why we're doing what we're doing. I'm very lucky to be living here at home and being here with my family, which motivates me all the time and you know does remind me from day to day why I continue to do the work that I need to do. That and also having an amazing audience who is there and very responsive and very thankful for the work uh, that I do. And I'm so thankful for all of you, obviously, just like I know, Shaleen, you are to your audience as well. It's yeah, yeah. Very, very obvious. But in, in terms of the actual things you put into place there and taking yourself out of the business a little bit. Can you walk us through kind of what that looked like and what the end result was? Yeah, well, we started by thinking about, okay, what would the end result need to look like? And and we knew at that point it would, we want to sell the business and we want to sell a profitable business. And at the moment, it at that moment, it was profitable, but we worried that, okay, if you know, say, for example, Smart Passive Income, the podcast each week is suddenly being hosted by someone else. Will you lose listeners? So we we set out, set out to create uh, brands that weren't dependent upon me and then worked backwards to say, OK, so if at the end it's all other instructors who are in all of the videos, then what would it look like six months before that? Well, then maybe I'm only in one a quarter. And what would it look like a year before that? Well, at that point, maybe I'm just introducing new instructors. Mm. And so we kind of gradually went backwards and sketched out what it would need to look like in every single area where I had put myself um, on the reins. And then we had to go, okay, how long is this, how long is this going to take? And how do we, how do I stay accountable? And what, what can we agree to between the two of us? And ultimately we just kept reminding ourselves what it is we wanted. And every, at every turn, each time I turned something over, I felt better and better and better. And the um, the other thing I think is really important to be honest about is is therapy. And I had to, and Brett had to do therapy, and we've done you know marriage counseling. But I think the piece that really made it possible was Brett doing counseling to figure out how to have a voice, mm-hmm. how to speak up when he when he would say in the past I would say, "Hey, let's take on this new project," and he'd be like, "Okay, if that makes you happy," and I had to do. So he needed to have a voice and I needed to, at least I didn't know at the time. I was like, I'll do therapy, but I, my only problem is I'm a workaholic. Like, I don't know if that's a bad thing. You know what I mean? I really mm-hmm. kind of thought, well, I just have to work less. But what I um, realized by doing therapy was that there was, for whatever reason, this belief I held that I wasn't a, there wasn't value to me unless I was creating income for other people, unless I was making money for people. If I wasn't doing that, I wasn't important. And so I had to figure out where that came from and why I thought that way. And that was like kind of a surprise to me. I'm like, oh, that's why I will work through the night. That's why it bothers me if, you know, somebody else were to get the opportunity. And working, I'm so glad I did therapy because I know I would still be dealing with that today. I know I would still be saying yes to everything for fear that, you know, I might not be making enough money or that I wasn't valuable. Mm-hmm. So lot, I think a lot of people think of therapy is, is a very negative thing, though. You know, it's sort of like a, a, a an emergency situation mm-hmm. or a last resort. Yeah. But, I mean, I heard you speak about it at your event. and It was completely the opposite, actually. Yeah, we we won't take on clients unless they're, you know, agree to do therapy because it's like, you know, for most people, that's the breakthrough, you know, and, and you would go to a dentist if you have a toothache. So if you're if you have the same, what I call like skip in your record and you keep doing this thing and you're like, I wish, I wish I didn't feel so compelled to work on the weekends and you keep having that skip in the record. Well, that skip in the record is a groove in your brain. And so go to an expert and have them smooth it out for you. And it's just, it's like the ultimate shortcut. I always say smart people do therapy and, mm-hmm. and I hope we change the stigma because we'd save lives. We'd save marriages. We'd save children. We, we could save the world if more people would like Go and talk to someone. Mm-hmm. So you were able to, uh, you know, eventually turn things around, sell mm-hmm. the business, correct? Yeah, yeah. So and, we sold our business, yep. And what was that like kind of internally? That that was such a huge thing. I mean, you you took yourself yeah. out of the business and finally was sold. What, what Was that like weight lifted off of your shoulder? It was a weight lifted off my shoulder. And it was also a grieving process that I wasn't expecting. You know, I had to grieve because it, it's like raising a baby and then turning it over <laughs> to an orphanage who didn't give birth to this baby. And you're like, but wait, 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 don't forget to hold the baby's head. Mm. You know, there were, so it was, was really, I'm not going to lie. It was really hard for me to let go at first. And, and part of my consulting with, with Beachbody, I'm sure they would tell you it was such a pain in the butt, but you know, I, I was supposed to be consulting, but I was like, I have my foot in every door. Like, wait a second, 
let me let me reread that email before it goes out. Like, and then eventually they're like, we got it. <laughs> okay, so you By sold the your way, business. We're a to, billion dollar company. We got it. <laughs> you sold your business to, to Beachbody. That's correct. And, and and then they kind of took over what you had started, but you kept wanting to adjust things and make things your way. Yeah, and then I got some advice from um, a physician, a retired physician, and a friend of the family, and he explained to me, he goes, Shalene, you know, I sold one of my businesses once, and I'll just never forget when I showed up to a, a board meeting one day. And I was pounding my fist, telling them how they're doing everything wrong. And uh, an older gentleman than me at the time put his hand on my shoulder and he said, hey, Mark, they just want you to be quiet and sit <laughs> in the corner. You know, just and I was like, OK, I get it. Yeah. You know what? I have to let them do it their own way or what would be the point? And so it just came to a place where I'm like, they're going to do it their way and they're going to do it better. And I just have to let go so I can do my own thing as as well as I can. Mm. But I, I did feel guilt. I did feel a sense of relief. But I felt, um, you know, during the negotiations of our business, we couldn't tell our employees. We just couldn't. Um, and, and so because of that, knowing that was going down for about, you know, we knew that was our plan for about three years, right? So at that three-year mark, this is what we did. We, and you can ask any of my former employees, we said, y'all are going to start your own business. Every one of you, you need to start your business and you can work on it here at the office during office hours once your own work is done. Because, you know, we love you and we believe that everyone should have their own business someday. And so you guys should do that. And most of them did. I'd say 80% of our employees, because we were teaching entrepreneurship, were starting their own businesses and online and trying to create passive income. So that by the time, I, and we did that because I didn't want to pull the rug from anyone. Mm -hmm. And I wanted in my, you know, perfect vision of how this would go down. I wanted us to be able to sit down with our employees when we were able to tell them and say, but now you have a choice. And now you can decide to go with our new parent company, or you can decide if it's the time for you to embark on your full-time uh, business. And I say we're about half and half. That's incredible. Chilling. thank you for being honest with all that and, and this sort of first part of your journey here. But mm -hmm. obviously this is the, you know, closing of one door and opening of another. What does that new door look like at this point? Well, I'm always trying to solve problems for people. And once this, you know, chapter, I don't want to say it's over because it's fitness. I'm, I'm still working with Beachbody. I'm still consulting. And I still obviously am doing uh, fitness videos, but it's not my primary source of income. Now my, my primary source of income, my passion, my purpose uh, number one, it has to be passive, as passive as possible so that my day is balanced so that I can say no, so I can say yes to my family and so that I can relax, so I can see somebody else relaxing and I can think, hey, maybe I'll take a nap too. Mm. So today what we do is teach other people how to do what we've done, how to, how to get themselves out of a what I call a success prison, how to get yourself out of that, what that plan looks like, and more importantly, how to execute it. And then maintain it so you don't get fall back into those trappings. Um, so we have an online academy called Smart Success. And that's what we teach is people, entrepreneurs, how to do it the right way, the smart way. And uh, from every inch of your life so that you have more time and that you don't fill that time with more work. And then we also teach online marketing, which is, you know, I always want to teach just whatever I've just figured out, mm -hmm. you know. And so for me, I had no clue. I went to my first, you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to start a business where we help people with personal development because I was writing this book, Push. And uh, my agent said, I'm not going to take you to New York and, and shop you around because I, I didn't want to do a diet book. He's like, I can get you a diet book tomorrow. But without an email list, Shalene, you say you want to write a personal development book. You can't get that book deal. Not with the companies you want unless you have an email list. And so I, I was like, okay how do I get one? <laughs> and so I just took every seminar and workshop and just decided to study it. And it was, it's not my natural propensity, you know, like mm -hmm. all of those pieces. And, and so once I figured it out, I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. And it's a constantly moving target. I want to teach other people who are like me, who are creative and, and, you know, don't necessarily love that stuff, but you have to know it. I want to teach them how to do it. Yep. That's great. I mean, I think the email list is obviously very important, but to a lot of people who are getting into new things, when they hear that, they're like, oh, like that's such a mysterious thing. How did, how did, how are you able to, so you went to these seminars. What was it about these seminars that helped you build up your email list and, and begin this 
sort of following for, well, for this Well, if I had been smart, movie. I would have listened to a lot more podcasts. But at the time, all that I could think to do was to Google it. And I would look for a seminar that would teach basically list building or online marketing. And I just learned by going, piecing it all together. The first thing I figured out was that I had to, you know, give people a gift. And so my goal was to have 100,000 people on my email list in the first year. And, uh, and, and so that's what we did. Um, in the first year I created, I created a series of, you can still see them. Some of them are even still the original videos. If you go to 30 day, three zero day push.com. And so this is, this was the plan that I hatched to help people identify with me as someone who helps with personal development. Mm -hmm. So here's what I did. I flipped open my laptop and I filmed like a five minute video every day for 30 days talking about how I kind of organize my life on my iPhone. And I talked about this concept that I have of called a push goal and how I create a special way of making a list and, uh, and and all of these like pieces, right? And it was just very, very informal and no budget. I literally flipped open my laptop and then I hosted those videos and would exchange people those videos, which they would get dripped out one per day for 30 days for their email address. And, you know, it, it, I spent 30 days with people, mm -hmm. you know, the ones who get through it, like we've, we've been like through the trenches together and it, it's, I don't know if I recommend that to people because 30 days is a long time to keep people's attention. But man, if people spend 30 days with you, you're like buds and, and they were in my home and it was very informal and it felt very natural and real. And I was honest and you would hear dogs barking in the background and I don't, you know, a lot of those videos are still up and I've updated some of them be just because I'm like, oh my God, why, why did someone even let me post this? It's so <laughs> bad. But um, here's a great story. The year that book released, I published with Rodell and I was able to get that book deal, not because of my notoriety. I didn't have a show on the air that year. Nobody knew my name, but that year P90X, uh, Tony Horton's show was number one. And it was, you know, people were singing about it in pop songs and they were talking about it on late night TV and every celebrity was doing P90X. It's like the program to do. And Tony and I both, um, and we're friends, so he knows I share the story, but we both published our first books with Rodell. And, and that year, despite his popularity and notoriety, because I completely focused on an email list, my book hit the New York Times bestseller list the first week. And, um, wow. You know, and his his didn't make the list and it has nothing to do with the content of the books. Unfortunately, you know, like you can have a phenomenal book, but it can be the most unique thing ever. It can be like earth shattering. But if you don't have an email list, it's it's just really hard to reach people. And and so that's what we did. And it was that 30 day push. It was those videos I created from flipping open my laptop and just talking from my heart, not with the teleprompter, just from my heart, here I am, and here's how I've created my success, and here's how I want to help you. And it it really created a tight bond with people. I love that. I love that because that was your goal, just to build that email list, and that kind of had this dramatic effect on other aspects of your life. We we talk about often on this, on this podcast, the book called The One Thing, by mm -hmm. Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, they, they talk about this thing called the domino effect, where if you just focus on that one first thing, it kind of affects everything else. And that yeah. first thing, that one focus, which made it really easy for you to decide what to do and what videos to create and things like that. It was all about that email list. And that's really, that's a funny story because I, I was <laughs> big into Tony Horton and P90X. A lot of people know that I, I actually did the program. I have a before and after shot on SPI somewhere in the archive. I, I might <laughs> pull that back up for this podcast. Awesome. But that is that is so cool. And the one, you know, if I were to ask you now, Shaleen, how big your following is, how how big would you say it would be? Jeez, I don't know. Do you include email list and uh, social media platforms? I mean, just like how big is your email list now? I don't know. I think we're probably around four or five hundred. You know, and thousand. We, we yeah, yeah, we clean up a lot. Um, That's but incredible. Yeah, it's it's hefty. That is hefty. And one, the one thing, I mean, your superpower, Shaleen, is just your personality. I mean, when we see you on stage and even when we hear you here on this podcast, you can tell that it's very easy to to connect with you. And, you know, I believe that's been part of the reason why you've been able just to create these lifers, as you call them, these yeah. these incredible, braving fans. And I was I was at your event and just every time you walked in the room, the whole space would just flock and everybody's Aww. eyes were on you. And it was incredible. I'd never seen anything like that. And, you know, I go to events every once in a while and I get people coming up to me saying, you know, Pat, I love your show and things like that. And that feels incredible. I mean, what what does it? 
what, what I can't even imagine what it would be like just to 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 have it be like. I mean, you're a celebrity, mm. Shaleen. Well, that's interesting. You should say that um, because I, you know you just maybe flashed to a thought. When I go into a fitness event, like for example, I'll do these large fitness events where there's you know ten thousand, even twenty thousand people at an event. I don't feel that same connection as I do when it's one of my events where I've, I've, I, I'm looking for you. I'm going to find you and, and I'm going to know when I find you. And, and so like my parents were attendees this year and, and my mom goes, Hmm, you certainly have a type, don't you? I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and she's like, I go, you know, cause you look out in the audience, they're all ages and sizes and shapes and ethnicities, but there's a type. And the reason why is this, I want to be happy. So I only want to work with people who I really like. And if I don't like you, I don't want to work with you. I don't want you to buy my products. I don't want to try to please you. Go find somebody else. I want to be happy. So I want to serve people who I, I would, I like you in real life. So I have to like be so me that I'm going to offend somebody who wouldn't like me and I wouldn't like them. And, but it's so boldly me that someone's like, oh, she's exactly like my best friend. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I just, like today, I just before our podcast, I um, connected with this gal on Instagram who wanted to, you, you get that call all the time. People want to come over and pick your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, I say no 20,000 times a year, but there was just something about her and she's not a paid client, but I'm like, yeah, get over here. I'm going to give you two hours. And I just sat across the table from her and I thought, I already know you and I already get you. And so let me just take my brain out and download it into yours because I get you, I know you, and I want to take care of you for nothing because, because that makes me happy. It makes me happy to be around people who I like you. I know you're a good person and I want to help you. And I, and, and that's what a lifer is for me. And, and you, if, if I can tell you the qualities I look for, and I'm going to find you a sense of humor. Um, you like, like, pop culture and rap music and you don't take yourself too seriously and you're very humble and faith is important to you and family is paramount and you might be opinionated, but you're always kind to people and you're a helper and you're a giver. You, you are my girl. You are my guy. Get in my car. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we've connected really quickly. Yeah. I mean, I could tell the first time I listened to your podcast, I'm like, wait a second. Is he rapping? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we rapped you know? together on stage. Yes, we did. That was fun. Yes, we did. That was really cool. Do you get the opposite though, do you get, which I know a lot of us get, do you get haters? I mean, if, sure. if, if you are you. Delete, 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 delete. I mean, if you are you it, and, and, and it's really easy for people to not like who you are and that can be hard sometimes. Yeah, but you, ha- you have to just, you have to let them not like you and just say, I'm not supposed to be your cup of tea. Uh, recently, I was consulting with a, a client of ours who's opened up a fitness studio and they were telling us all about the brand and the image and how they want everything to this experience. They want people to come in and and have and, and, but they've just opened their doors. And so they've had, you know, a couple complaints the first week or so from new customers. And, you know, my client called and said, um, you know, we need to refund these people their money. We want them to come back. And so we're, we're going to tell our staff how things kind of need to be a little differently. I'm like, don't change your ways for that customer you don't want anyways. Because then when someone comes in who was looking for what you intended to create, it's not there. You know, give people something that is so bold. They're like, that is exactly what I've been looking for. Right. Or it's very clear on the other end that that's something that's not, not what I for. want. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I personally am affected by that. So I don't expose myself to it. If there are negative comments on Facebook, my staff knows, delete them. I don't, don't let me see it because I'll spend all day composing a reply that I never send. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm, delete mm-hmm. it for me so I don't let it get into my brain. And I really had to learn this by doing consumer videos because people buy exercise videos and they would just want to hammer you because they didn't do the program. And in the beginning, I would, I would read the, the, the reviews and they were just like so mean. And I'm like, wait a second, this is affecting my confidence, which then doesn't allow me to make a difference in people's lives. So I have to stop reading this. And, and so I always say, unless it's something that will, I can truly change and it's going to help me, I don't want to hear the negative. I, I want I want to be around people who who get me and I don't have to change um, because I get them. And if if they feel that way, I, I will take care of you. And that's why I call them a lifer because no matter what I'm learning next for the rest of my life, I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. Haters used to ruin me. Like yeah? I would stop working for weeks. <laughs> would stop working or would you do that? Like, you know, I'm going to put composed just to 
this is going to change your life, this right. email. This well, reply I, I've back. done that. I've written the emails pages, essays long, and then I don't send them, obviously, because when you finally sleep on it, it's like, oh, well, that was dumb or it would, it would, it would accomplish nothing. Yeah. And, and I, I know I, this is, I shouldn't reply, but if I just can't help it, I have one phrase and I'll say, maybe we should break up. Oh, I like so, that actually. You know, we're not good for each other. Maybe we should break up. And so I'll do that. I'll, you know, if someone has something rude to say or, or, or disagree, I'm like, you're, you're probably right. Maybe we should break up. That's good. Really, I'm gonna there that. is somebody there for you. It's probably not me. <laughs> there are plenty of fish in the sea. In terms of your lifers and just, I mean, again, they're incredible. They, they lift you up so much. How do you nurture your raving fan base? How do you nurture your lifers? For all of us out there, no matter how big or small our raving fans are, it's great to have raving fans. You want somebody to be your favorite or you want to be somebody's favorite. That's really what your goal is. You have a lot of, you are the favorite to a lot mm-hmm. of people. How do you, how do you nurture them? I just, you know, and I've heard many tremendous interviews on, on your show. And I think the theme is you give and give. But for me, I want to give sometimes, and I do give sometimes what I know you need, even if it's not what you want. So, uh, you know, I think I have a motherly instinct, I guess, where I, I, I don't care if you want to break up with me and you get mad at me and um, you don't want to hear it. I know you need to do this. It's like with our, I have a, an academy called the Marketing Impact Academy. And when people go into it, I tell them right away, everybody wants to learn social media. And that's what they want, but I won't give it to them until they do what they need to do, which is really identify their lifer and then create several different freemiums. Then you can go to social media. But what's the point of going, hey, follow me on Facebook. If you like this video, head on over to YouTube for the rest of this video. And if you like this on YouTube, why don't you head over to Instagram and just keep sending people on this goose egg hunt because you have no place to send them. Mm-hmm. You know, so before I, it's, it's, it's a balance of, it's like tough love and total honesty and transparency. All I have is my word. So, and that's important to me. So I just, I do things not because you're supposed to, I do things because it feels, it feels right. It feels like this is a way to treat good people. Another thing I know that you do is you put on these events and they're, they're amazing. They're some of the most fun uh, events I've, I've done. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have a great team to help you put those together. Kristen is amazing uh, and, and all the other people on your team. In terms of events, because this is something that I'm starting to get into now, I've done an event with Chris Ducker, the One Day Business Breakthrough event, and that's always a fun thing to do. How do you make sure your audience, when they're at these events, get the most out of it? Uh, from my own experience, the same way, you know, you've attended seminars or, or live events where you're like, okay, so what did I love about this? What did I hate about it? And that's what I'm always doing is thinking about things in terms of what I would want. Cause I'm serving me like, right. Everybody in my audience is a lot like me. We're the, we're just in the same boat. So I know you hate to sit. I know that you, you don't need motive. You're the most motivated person on the planet. So you don't need more motivation. You need, you need, you actually need to be locked in a room and told how to do it and then given the time to do it. Because I would go to seminars. I'm like, okay, I don't need to be motivated. I'm very motivated. And this is great, all this theory, but now I'm going to need to take a month off to do this Hmm. stuff. And that, that was always like a frustration when I would attend seminars, workshops, you know, single day events. So one thing I said is number one, I'm going to get people up all the time. I'm going to make it comfortable to network but not like awkward, not force it. And I'm also going to make sure that people, if they're going to come to an event, I, I owe it to them to help them get some of that, a lot of that work done while they're there. Yeah, I've been to events and that's, those are my favorite actually, where you were the director or, or somebody in, even, even in a specific presentation, they'll give people time to actually implement or write things down. And that was something I noticed after I spoke at your event you were on right after me to talk about something. And then you had people fill out these worksheets mm-hmm. or something and you were yeah. getting into it. I mean, I think you were in the crowd and, and, and reading people's yeah. answers and stuff. I mean, yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. And it, because, you know, I think people walk away with this high and this euphoria from event, live events. But the power is while you're at a live event. And, you know, you and I both talked about this. I'm, I'm an, what I call an outgoing introvert. So I have to pick and choose very carefully what things I'm going to go to, but it's powerful to do that because when you're in a room, 
there's this like energy force where you, suddenly you have this just like flood of your most brilliant ideas and it, and your juices just start flowing. And it's incredible what you can accomplish and the focus and all the synopses are firing. And it's because you're in a room full of people who are doing that same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just insane how powerful that is. And then you go home and your wife is wondering, you know, like, okay, you take the kids. I've had them all weekend. And you know, then you're back to the grind and there's 400 emails that you did, neglected to return because you're in a seminar and you've lost that energy, that power, those synopses, and it gets tucked away in a notebook and you never implement. And um, I just said, I've got to take advantage of all these people in a room and we're going to do the work. We're not working the entire time, but instead of like being at the bar or instead of, you know, long breaks in between, you know, fine. If you need to leave, leave. Otherwise, these doors are closed and you should do the work. Let's sit down and do the work. Let's do it. And we walk them through it and they do the work. Like in some of my seminars, I don't just show you, okay, okay, you should write this sequence of four emails. Okay. And now we're writing them. Let's write these emails, you know, and you actually do it while you're there. And people are like, I've been putting this off, this simple task for a year. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I would imagine... Like I, I, I'm thinking of, okay, if I'm at a conference and I'm at, I'm sitting in a presentation and it's great and I want to implement, like I should just raise my hand at the end and be like, hey, if, if anybody else wants to do this, I'm about, I'm going to spend the next hour doing this. Who wants to do it uh, with me? Wouldn't that be huge? That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's the key, I think, for most entrepreneurs and, and people who are listening to Smart Passive Income and listening to Build Your Tribe. It's, it's not just the knowledge. It's and carving out a half hour or an hour to listen. It's then the extra hour that you are scheduling to implement it. Like you've heard the idea, you, your brain just came up with a flood of possibilities. So now schedule the time to implement it and then your life changes exponentially. Love that. And you actually scared me just a second ago. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because you were like, oh, you get home from a conference and your wife tells you to take the kids, mm-hmm. which my wife told me to take the kids the last few days. She's had a couple of days off. And then you're like, and then you have 400 unread emails. I'm looking at my... Inbox right now, I have 397 unread emails. See, I have spyware on your computer. Yeah, where are you in my room right now? This is tripping but, me you know, it, That does happen because, you know, most of us are attracted to an opposite, which is really good because she keeps you grounded. And Oh, yeah, she's know. amazing. I mean, I've, I've talked about her all the time. And she's the unsung hero of Team Flynn. Everybody knows that. But it, it, it's funny because I also know that after conferences, I get all these emails. And then I schedule ahead of time because I plan ahead a day or two to go through these emails and I'll, I'll catch Uh up by the end of the week. So, um, you know, that's what I've learned after these conferences, you know, plan ahead, give yourself a few days to recover, but also schedule in the things that you know you have to do to get back to where you were. Yeah. You know, there's more time for vacation. If you, in those times where your, your brain is on fire and you have all these great ideas, instead of using like that last day to lounge by the pool, use that last day to implement. And then you'll have more time for a vacation later you know, when you can actually enjoy it when you're with your family. And, and so if there's one takeaway, I hope that people hear today, it is, it is, you've got to schedule time to implement these incredible ideas or they just keep piling up. And then you just feel like a failure. Cause you're like, ah, there's all these things I know I should be doing. There's all <laughs> these things I need to get to, and I'm not doing it. And you just keep seeing people, oh, this person's doing Pinterest now. And that person's doing a podcast and maybe I should do this. And, and you just, you start to feel overwhelmed and like a failure. Yeah. So after this podcast or after any podcast (laughs) you listen to, any blog post you read, any video you watch, any conference you go to, put in the time afterwards, schedule it in when you're going to do whatever it is that you need to do. Yeah. I love that. That's big. That's a huge takeaway. Let's talk about your podcast really quick. I want to make sure people listen to it because it's awesome. Thanks. Your personalities there, obviously, but (laughs) amazing guests. I'm not just saying that because I was a guest on the show too. Um, but I listened to a number of episodes and they're fantastic. Uh, you even like I did in episode 138, tried one of those NPR storytelling type episodes. What do you remember that yes. episode number? I, I don't give my podcast episode numbers. I just give them titles. Oh, okay. Yeah. What was the title of that one? Uh, the End. Oh, okay. The End. So I have, I have two shows. Uh, the, the business podcast is called Build Your Tribe. And the, uh, the Shaleen show is kind of like life balance. It's everything. I love that. So we'll put those links in the show notes for everybody out there. And but more, boy, that was a lot more work than I thought it was. That, that episode, that <laughs> oh, NPR style episode. But gosh, it was fun. I was like, oh, I'm addicted. But, you know, I've got my husband to keep me in check because if I would just sit down here in this little, I, I'm sitting in my podcasting room, which is a 
it's a tiny little wine closet that I had everything removed and soundproofed. And so I call it my little introvert hideaway. (laughs) (laughs) But if you had the time, you would do those all the time. Oh, yes. I I just love um, that someone would listen and, and and especially people who listen to podcasts, like they're learners. And and I dig that. Like, I love that people are curious and want to to hear these stories and find inspiration in them and change their lives and change the world. And and so to think that someone's like actually listening to us is like the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, there are tens of thousands of people listening to us right now. Oh, there's actually. more than one. It's more than just my mom. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for all the inspiration, all of the honesty, and obviously the advice. Uh, this is this is great. We're going to do what we can to uh, put out all your good stuff on the show notes, everything that we mentioned in the resources. Shalene, any final words before, before we head out? I just want to um, commend you for being such a cool and committed dad and father and husband, because uh, that to me is what really attracted me to what it is you do and why you do it. So thank you, Pat. Thank you, Shalene. And you know, I can't wait till... We see each other again, and hopefully we can share a stage together uh, again sometime soon. I'm going to challenge you now to a lip sync battle. Hey, by the way, and yes. I'm going to link to this too in the show notes because this just popped in my head. You had challenged me on Instagram a couple days ago to uh-huh. a dub smash challenge. Yes, yes, yes. And for those of you who are listening, if you don't know what that is, it's basically <laughs> when you put on some audio and then you mouth it pretending it's you, yeah. whether it's a song or just people talking. I don't know. Did you see my response? No, dub I did smash? not. Oh, no. it's on. It's on. <gasps> Oh, it, you're kidding. It's on Instagram and oh. somebody said that I killed yours. So we'll see. Really? What, well, yes. Really? I tagged we'll you on it. So. <laughs> so there might be some challenge. Yeah, we'll, okay, some cool. back and forth. But yeah, it's there for you. Thank you for the challenge. I think it's always great just to, to challenge each other like that. I love how you just kind of randomly were like, hey, Pat Flynn, this is for you. That's Let's awesome. see what you could do. So it's always good to have friends in business. And uh, you are definitely a big friend of mine. So thank you. Thank you, Pat. All right. Take care. All right, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Shalene Johnson. I also recommend checking out our Instagram accounts. She's at Shalene Johnson. I'm at Pat Flynn. And for a while there, about a month ago, we were going back and forth with some dub smash competition videos and uh, we were having a lot of fun with that. So if you're in the Shalene Johnson tribe, if you're a lifer, thank you so much for listening to this. I appreciate you. If you're not a lifer yet, go ahead and check her out at Build Your Tribe Podcast. You can also find her at The Shalene Show. And also, shaleenjohnson.com. Thank you so much. And don't forget to go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 167 to get all the links and the resources mentioned in this particular episode. Hey, really quick, I want to let you know about a page on the website that might be really helpful for you. A lot of you are already taking action on what you've heard on the podcast, which is fantastic. But a lot of you have also messaged me asking for more deeper information, more fine-tuned and highly targeted information for specific problems and pains that you might be having. So what I did was I actually put together a few courses. There's more courses actually coming down the road, uh, but you could check out all the courses and things that are available to you there at smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. My team and I have worked really hard to put together the best information that'll help you solve specific problems that you might be having in your business. So if you're just starting out and you need help and you need accountability, handholding, you want a community behind this as well, check it out, smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. You can see what's available there. All different kinds of courses to help you through a number of different things you might be working on. And like I said, there are more courses coming down the road too. So one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. And I'll see you in the next episode of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Cheers. And don't forget to check out Ask Pat at askpat.com where I answer a voicemail question from an audience member, just like you, five days a week. Again, go to askpat.com. You can even ask your question right there and potentially get a free AskPat t-shirt, free shipping, all on the house. So askpat.com, thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.